I thought about waiting till nine o'clock. That way, it's really thirty years. I'm technically not being honest here. <laughs> so, if you can hear me, text me or tweet me and say we hear you, ICT. This will also give me a. Thank you, Lex. Mutable FX. Thank you so much. Alrighty. All right. So let's see how things run with Elon at the helm. Usually I get all kinds of cut ins and fade outs. And usually when I'm <laughs> talking about the tinfoil hat topics, somehow those broadcasts tend to get the most interruptions. I wonder if it's almost planned. So anyway, so I've been thinking about this entire day, how the last three decades, how things started, how things could have ended several times, and how stresses, anxiety, uh, fear of failure, not getting it fast enough, um, impatience, all those things I know that all of you are obviously enduring. Some of you wanting to tap out, and that's normal. That's normal. That's, a, that's a, an occurrence that happens with every one of us. Uh, most people do tap out. They ring the bell and they never come back. But hopefully this year I've been able to show you a great deal of consistency that is found in the way I teach my students price action, the way the market itself books price. And I'm inspired as a mentor by seeing all of the feedback and all of the adoration and inspiration that you guys give me as students. It's, it's like jet fuel for me. And I appreciate that. So I posted a question. If you were to ask me one question, if we were to talk on spaces and you had the opportunity to ask me, most of the responses were along the lines of between three topics, obviously my personal testimony as a believer, which I won't do that tonight, not because I'm ashamed of it, but I'm just, it's not, I'm not in the right mindset to, to share that. I have no problem sharing it, but tonight that won't be it. Um, maybe Christmas week, I'll do that. Maybe I'll do a Christmas week space join you guys for the festive holiday season and we'll talk about that that way you guys will know if you're atheists or of another persuasion you can tune out and not listen to that or whatever uh, the other ones were along the lines of how did i endure you know the hardships i've talked about that a lot and it's in a lot of my videos too so it's really not something that in my opinion needs to be rehashed up pretty much jawbone about that most every video somehow it finds its way in there as it's finding its way in here now <laughs> the other one was what is my what's my deepest passion goal where do i see myself in the future um like what's what's the future for ict like what where am i heading what's my goal what's my 
I guess, next objective. And for the life of me, I've been distracted with this new home and the painters and the things that's going on in it. And I haven't really had a whole lot of time to, to think about that. I've just been enjoying the fact that my workload that I place on myself all the time as a teacher is far less than it has been in the last six years. And I'm very grateful for that because it's been a whirlwind. But I kind of like want to talk a little bit about what I would like to do. And you guys can be instrumental in this because if it's something you want to see happen, if it's something that doesn't live up to your expectations or whatever, be honest and say, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. And that's okay. I'll take it constructive criticism. But in 2023, you know, when I come back after the holiday break, usually it's the first Tuesday of February. So that doesn't mean I won't obviously drive you nuts on Twitter throughout the holiday. <laughs> it's easy to do that. But to sit down and like make videos and, and or lectures and, and things of that nature, I don't foresee myself doing much of that. Um, but what I would like to do and what has my interest, because I have a lot of students, obviously, that I've trained and they're either running one right now or about to start one, a signal service using what they learned. And I'm all for it. You know, I'm encouraged. I've encouraged all my students. If you learn how to trade under me and you've done very well and you're consistent, not that I want you teaching my content because there's a lot of people on Amazon and YouTube and Instagram and all over the place. Okay. They're all mimicking me. That's not what I wanted. I didn't want to create clones, but I'm all for someone that wants to provide a business for themselves and also a avenue because there's people, and I know some of you are probably listening to this as much as you don't want to admit it. There's probably some of you that just know in the heart of hearts that you're probably not going to be able to do this. And it hurts. I know, I know I have students from each one of my inter mentorship you know, groups that came in the, each intake. They have, you know, you know, failed basically. And that's a horrible feeling. And I don't know how to bridge that for those individuals that just really have shown that they have done what it is they need to do. They put years into it and they didn't over leverage. They didn't over trade. They just simply can't do it. And that's a really hard topic. And I guess in a lot of ways, you know, it would be foolish for me and anyone else to pretend that if you're teaching something to not have the expectation that some are just simply going to fall to the wayside and, and not be able to do it. Me personally, as a as a man, as a person with obsessive compulsive disorder, I don't like when I see someone try to do what it is I teach and then fail. I don't I I, I don't like that at all. I take it personal. And when I get those responses from individuals, and it's not many of them, but I do get them. It's really hard for me to, to take it. Like, I, I don't like it. I take it personal. Not that I feel like they're trying to be vindictive because many of them are very heartfelt, almost apologetic, like saying, I'm sorry, I've, I've done everything you asked me to do. I've, and they share what they've been doing. They even 
went so far as to say, this is what I expect in the marketplace and this, 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 this. And they can see the setups potentially there, but they're afraid to pull the trigger. Something inside of them just simply won't let them do it. And then it moves and they just can't get past that. And I don't know how to make it plainer than, hey, you got to practice, get to the point of doing it so many times in demo. It's not even a, a thought process behind it. You see it, boom, there it is. And many, many times when you see me showing my examples, like the other day when I was going through Twitter and I saw a couple people rambling on about me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let me see what's in the market right now. And literally in, in seconds, turning the chart on, I saw that S&P trade. And I recorded it, I engaged, did the whole thing, and there it is. So on non-farm payroll, that type of setup, you know, being able to do this for as long as I've done and having students learn this approach, you'll get to that point. Not all of you, but most of you will. But it takes time. But individuals that don't submit to the process of accepting the fact that you're going to get it wrong. Sometimes you're just simply going to get it wrong. And if you're going to be fearful of the next trade that you take being wrong, then you're placing too much emphasis on the outcome. And the outcome of an individual trade or even an individual trading week, and I'll go so far as to say is a trading month. If you're trying to squeeze in, and I mentioned this the other day on um, matter of fact, I think it was today. <laughs> I was answering some questions from a private group. And no, you can't join that. And I'm not trying to rub it in your face. But every time I mention it, obviously, there's people like, oh, can I join your rentership private? No, I'm trying to bring it to a close. And they all know this is the truth. And I don't want to operate that forum anymore. And if anything, going forward, I want to be public. Because exclusivity makes something easily abused. And it's been abused. But I've had students asking, basically, like you know, how do I get past this and how do I get past that? And, you know, or they're looking for a particular thing in the marketplace that they feel is a barrier. And most of it is simply understanding where the market's likely to go. And that draw on liquidity, that is a statistical opinion. We have statistics behind us saying that these things repeat this many times in the past. Our belief, okay, our belief, not that is an absolute truth, not that it's infallible. It's our belief that we have statistical evidence to support the idea that it's probable more, more than 50-50 that the market's going to go to a particular level that I dub a draw on liquidity. So you have to have some kind of reason to expect the market to go higher or lower. And some of my students have had barriers with looking at other things that if they just focused on that particular thing, it answers a lot of problems and hangups for them as a student or a trader. If you look at how, even in my private mentorship group, the folks that are struggling, their number one thing is bias because they're trying to put too much of a emphasis on being perfect. I'm drinking water. <laughs> Deer Park. And it's not that good, actually. But the, um, the, the emphasis that students place, not just my own students, but I'm sure everybody else out there that's trying to learn how to trade, when they place so much emphasis on 
the outcome being perfect or trying to avoid that negative experience, a losing trade, okay? Or worse come that you get into a trade, it starts moving for you and you do nothing with it. You take no partial. You don't roll your stop to a point where it takes next to nothing, if at all, anything. And it turns around on you. And you don't want that transaction because even though it might not be that much in terms of money being taken from you, even demo, it's the mark against your pride, your ego, or your opinion of yourself. And many times it's the young men that come into this business. And uh, and frankly, it's the men, let's just say it that way. We don't like to have a negative knock against us. You know, we want to be apex predators. We want to be the the upper echelon of male, you know, dominance. And that's why you see a lot of this competition, you know, tone in in trading. It's like you know, I'm better than you, and I toy with all these guys because it's it's entertainment. I mean, I'm better than them, let's be honest. But look, it's entertainment. But if you ask them or if you study them all predominantly, they are motivated by that. Like they define themselves with that whole, you know, scorecard mentality. And I guarantee you, these individuals are so unprofitable and they either doing something with, you know, fraudulent results or they're simply never trading with real money because they have literally so much behind the emotional aspect of their image, that's what you get. That's the outcome of a student learning how to do this business. Not Again, not this is not just knocking my own developing students, but any student in trading. If you have so much built up behind your result or your week's result or a month's result, in other words, can you take a month that's negative can, can you take a month that you lost, say, oh, I don't know, 8 to 10%? Can, could you take that? Now, if you're new, if you've never really lost that kind of money, then you could probably say, well, you know, I, I think I could. Okay, let's go and say you have a $250,000 account. And you lost $25,000. Could you stomach that? Would it be something that you would feel paralyzed by or would you feel like i got to get that back i cannot have my month close negative twenty five thousand dollars i can't live with myself my spouse will ask me my significant other what would i say then how would they think of me first of all let's get one thing straight it doesn't fucking matter what anybody else thinks about you as a trader because you're the person in the driver's seat you're it so your results are yours and stop fucking sharing them with other people. Stop trying to do all this stuff with my FX book. Okay. My FX book, unless you're doing signals, okay, unless you're trading and giving out signals, there's absolutely no reason for a my FX book. There's a zero, none, none. And there's a young man out there, and I'm not going to say his name because I'm, I'm not trying to kick sand in his face. I could if I was that type of guy. I'm not. But they're floundering. And I've watched him move from his verified results to now it's a high risk account. 
justifying why there was drawdown. That's a young man that's doing the very thing as I'm talking about right now, because he's trying to live up to a public image of himself. Everybody's opinion of him because he barked, he drew a crowd, and now he can't handle that pressure. Why would you want to make trading harder for yourself? It's already hard. It's so hard. If you look at the post I made on my Twitter, right before doing this stream or space, whatever it is, I asked everyone, you know, what would you like to ask? And there was a few ladies that asked, hey, I'm assuming they were ladies. I apologize if the name made me think that you were female and you really aren't. But the question came up, like, how do we endure the hardships, basically? And how do you get past all that uh, psychological barrier? And how do you keep going when it feels hard? Well, first of all, you got to give yourself permission. Like I've told my private students, like you have to give yourself permission to do it wrong once in a while. Like you have to do it because if you think you're going to walk out there, open up an account, even if you trade with such small, insignificant amounts of money in terms of risk, you think that that's going to be the solution to why you're going to never have a losing trade. That's nonsense. Like you're going to lose money. It's going to happen. You need to plan for it. You need to make yourself ready for it. Psychologically, you know, preparing yourself, okay, I'm going to lose money. What happens if I do lose money? Most of you want to just, you know, teach me how to buy and sell. How do I know when the bias is bullish or bearish? Because if I can just have that, all I got to do is take a fair value cap. See, now we went from, if ICT could just get to a point already and tell us how to determine bias, which I've already done. I've done multiple lessons on that, but the problem is you want everyday bias. And again, you're taking a sound principle or teaching or lecture point that if you just simply use the way I teach it, wait for these choice setups, you'll know the bias when it matters most. But the problem is you're impatient because you want it to be everyday bias. You want day trading to be everyday trading. And in everyday trading, you want every session trading. And in every session trading, because you said, ICT, you can trade the hourly candle and trade like a, like the daily range. Yes, I can. But I can do that. It's not the same thing for you to expect you are able to do it. You see what's happening? You're placing so much of an Olympic expectation on yourself. <laughs> You've taken the normal threshold of difficulty, which comes to everyone in this industry. And was, I was not exempt of that. I mean, I, I went through a lot. Six years of thinking I had it. Nope. Back to the drawing board. Thinking I had it. Nope. Went back to the drawing board. I technically had it three and a half years in, but I abandoned something and chased other things. And I went back to where I started seeing results and then boom, there it was. But you're going to have hardships. You're going to have issues where, you know, you're going to feel like you, you got it figured out. You'll have a week or two, maybe even a month where you just did everything right. And this is where you get in trouble, young men. <laughs> you think that you got it all figured out. And then you have a losing trade and it might not even be a significant loss. It might be something so small, half a percent or whatever. You save the stop from getting hit full on, like you had a 1% risk or a 2% risk and you saved it from getting 
knocked out, but still it's a loss. Now, you're not looking at the fact that you were able to mitigate the total 1% or 2% hit to your account because you protected the stop loss. You saw it was going to turn on you. You closed it before it went to your stop. That's commendable. That's a skill set, not to promote the idea of paranoia, but if you're beginning to trade with live funds, if you do that initially and you are aggressive about cutting your losses, that alone would probably keep you alive long enough to find a way to grind through the adversities. Because when you get a real good winning trade, it doesn't wait around. It just takes off. It just runs. But the problem with this business is you want to second guess yourself so much because you're trying to avoid losing. This is the number one characteristic of a losing trader. You're willing to hold on to a losing or questionable trade. Come hell or high water, you'll hold that. It isn't moving like you wanted it to, but damn it, you're not letting go of it. Because what happens if you close it and it runs in your favor? <laughs> what happens if you're fucking wrong and you just held on to it too long? That's what usually happens. See, if your trade is right, it's going to show you right away. If it's you know hanging around and just you know, beating around the bush, it's not trying to run off and, and move into profit for you. It, that's a warning sign. Either you entered too early or you have a dog. Okay. And unfortunately, holding on to a questionable position sucks because you're spending mental capital. Whereas if you flip that coin, because you're placing so much emphasis on not doing it wrong, when you do get a quick runner and it starts moving, you abandon where you think it's going to go and you close the trade quickly. That paradigm shift that's necessary to, to fix that, that's something that has to happen over time. And it's a conditional thing that you forge through coping skills, going through the processes that I've taught in great detail on my YouTube channel. But the problem is you're one of those individuals that want ICT to get right to the point. The point is you don't listen. That's the point. The point is you don't fucking listen. You're not trying to take good advice and you just want to do it your way. You want Burger King fucking mentorship. Okay. Have it your way. Well, have it your way. Mentorships don't make millionaires. That's the way that works. Okay. It creates emotionally charged traders that hold on to losing trades too long. And then when they fail and blow up in your face, that creates that loser cycle where you want to try, try to get it back right away. You know what that means? You're going to lose more fucking money. And it just keeps repeating and repeating. And then finally you blow your account. And then what happens? You beat yourself up. Because you're going to look at the trades and say, why the hell did I even do that? There was nothing in the market. Why did I buy that? There was no fair value gap. There was no order block. It didn't even take sell-side liquidity. What the fuck was I doing? You're chasing emotional charges that you put behind that decision. You completely abandon all reasoning and why you even are trading. You're not the only one that's done that. Everybody does that. Everybody does it. Why? Why is it so hard? Because you're competing with yourself. You have to live with yourself. You have to wake up in your own skin.
tomorrow and the day after. And the decisions that you make today and yesterday and what you'll make tomorrow come with consequences. And see, you want consequences to be sugar-coated, almost orgasmic in trading. You want them to be happy endings. Not to sound crude, but that's what you really want. You want a chance meeting with a stranger and a knock on your bedpost. That's what you want. You want every night to be a one-night stand and it's all good, feel-good moments. I'm sorry. Sometimes you're going to wake up next to a hand grenade and this is the way it is. And you are going to hurt yourself. But you got to say, look, you know what? I got pip drunk. I made some poor decisions. Thankfully, I'm not married to this person. <laughs> and just slip out before they wake up and just live on, you know, continue to trade and try not to do that same thing again. And this goes for both the ladies and the men. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Somebody just whispered, I just did that last weekend. How's he know? I'm watching. I got my eyes on you. But the reason why it's so it's so difficult trading is because you're competing against a fucking savage in the making. You. You are such a formidable adversary that you alone are the one that's holding yourself back. Nobody else is holding you back. These yahoos on the internet that say what you're trying to learn doesn't work. And all that, that didn't stop you. People commenting, saying, oh, well, you know, you're doing this and you're doing that. This is the real way of doing it. That doesn't motivate you to go chase that stuff. You're sticking to this. But you, you're the adversary. You're the one that's making it hard for yourself because you're trying to make Olympic feats out of something that's not necessary. You want every transaction to be perfect. And I mentioned this to my private group. I said, unfortunately, my approach to trading and when I show my examples and I show my examples are very consistent. You know, you have people out there say, well, you know, he's, he's only cherry picking. When I show you the full account and I show you that there's no other trade executions and this is the only thing there is. And I call the only moves I trade on, I call the levels. It's never going to be enough. So I don't care when I go into 2023, I'm not trying to prove anything. I want to just enjoy teaching. But my students, unfortunately see this in me. And they think that that is something that they can obtain right away, right from Jump Street. Like they think, okay, I can do what ICT is saying in the charts. When he points to it, I can see it. it's real easy. But when he doesn't talk about it, I can't see it. And I try to do it on my own and it blows up my face. Okay, well, you're trying to force an issue. Number one, you're trying to force something that's not practical. You're trying to be someone that you can't be right now. And that means highly precise, detail-oriented, and results-driven. See, you're trying to be results-driven without the two factors I just mentioned. Like, you have to build discipline. That means you got to go through trial and error, feel that pain that you're trying to avoid. So you're trying to hide from that. Like... No, I don't. I, I don't want to get a paper cut. I don't want to get a scratch. You know, somebody's going to ask me what I did today, and it's going to be a losing trade. Or they're going to ask me why did you do that? There was no reason because everybody wants to be an armchair quarterback. Everybody wants to tell somebody how they do it better, but they ain't trying to show you what they did. Okay, so <laughs> that's the problem with this industry. It's so ego driven. It's so image driven. You got to remove all that stuff. Remove all of it. Your expectations should be low. Low. 
very, very low objectives, low hanging fruit. That's how I teach it. And if you're comfortable in your own skin with that, even if you get it wrong, those little bruises, those little nicks, those paper cuts, when they occur, eh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It might be a nuisance. You might look at it later and say, oh, well, yeah, I really didn't see what I thought I saw at the time. But you know what? From a monetary stance, it, did, it really didn't do too much damage to me. And, you know, I'm still learning. What did, what did you just do by doing that? Number one, you acknowledge that you made a mistake. There's nothing wrong with making mistakes. Mistakes are opportunities for you to learn. But why the fuck do you want to blow your account to learn? You're not learning anything from that. Okay. You're learning to gamble. That's what you're doing. You're learning how to gamble. And honestly, there's very, very few gamblers that make it in this industry long term. They just don't exist. I'm not saying that you can't gamble and make money, but the problem is, is the gamblers don't generally know when to get up and walk away from the table. They think, well, you know, I had a flash in the pan, you know, win in crypto. You know, I bought it. It ran up really good. You know, it's going to keep doing that. Well, they found out that it doesn't work that way. Okay. And everybody that goes into these crypto markets think that they're going to see that stellar bull run again. And they discovered, just like every other market, that's not what they do. Because they have unrealistic expectations. They have Olympic expectations on a market. They don't always parabolically move. And if you have a trade and you put a trade on, if it doesn't give you immediate feedback that you're doing the right thing or holding a potential winner, you have my permission to kill the trade and feel no reason why you should feel any regret about it, even if it takes off in your favor. Because if you do this as general practice, you're going to find that you will get out of dog trades. Lying dogs make no money. Okay, they got to get up and run. If they ain't running, they're not going to get to your draw on liquidity. That means they're not going to go to your profit. You're not going to be with partials. You're not going to pay yourself. You can't get paid, and it's going to be frustrating. So why the hell are you in it? Why are you in that trade? You're trying to make a diamond out of a turd. You can polish it all the hell you want. You're just going to get shitty hands. That's all that's ever going to happen. You're going to have a mess trying to turn something that's really a bunch of shit. It's never going to get any better. Why? Because in your brain, in your, in your mind, you're telling yourself, if I get out of this, even though I know my gut, this isn't moving right now. But if I close it, if I close it, it's going to run. And I'm going to feel like shit about that. But you don't do that when you start thinking, you know, this isn't moving for me. Let me start giving myself a time stop. Ooh, what is that? Something I do. If I see something, like if I buy a fair value gap, okay, for instance, look at the last trade this did uh, on the S&P. I shared it on non-farm payroll in the app, a little bit after non-farm payroll's first hour or so. I went long and I traded up into a sell side of balance, buy side of efficiency, SIBI. Let's say I bought that fair value gap and it just hung around for, I don't know, I don't even, I can't recall what time frame I was on when I was looking at it, but let's just say it stayed inside the fair value gap for, if it was a five minute chart, say there was five 
candles that it was constantly dipping into it. Okay. I don't mind a PD array being revisited and repriced too. And that's fine. But if it's hanging around like that and hasn't ran for the buy side, I start giving myself a time stop. So I'll give it usually 30 seconds to a minute. If I, as soon as I recognize this and I start feeling that 30 seconds to 60 seconds, I'm counting down. I'm literally looking at the time in the lower right-hand corner of my charts. I'm saying, okay, if I don't see positive movement in my favor, I need speed and distance, okay? If you ever watch any of my recordings around doing executions or whatever, sometimes you'll see me type in there and say, I, I want to see speed and movement. I want to see how, how fast it can run away from where it's at. I'm doing that countdown in my head. When I, whenever I type that out, the internal dialogue that you're not aware of, I'm telling you right now, is... I'm placing a time stop on it. Yes, I have a stop loss on it. So if it is against me, it'll stop me out and take me out of the trade at a loss that I'm willing to accept. But I also, at, at these points where the market starts to like hang around, it isn't really running for me yet, but it hasn't really scared me to the point where my stop loss is in jeopardy. It just isn't moving around. It's just like dead. It's a dog. It's a lying dog. It hasn't got up and started running yet. As soon as I start feeling that, I say, okay, look at the time. It's got up to a minute to start moving for me. Now, some of you might, well, good grief, Michael. You know, 30 seconds, you know, a minute, you know, that's not enough time. Maybe for you. But I know that there have been so many times in my career where if I just simply would have done that, I would have avoided lots of losing trades. Lots of losing trades by simply limiting the amount of time I hold on to dogs. You got to let your runners show themselves. And if they don't want to join the race, move on to the next one. And yes, that means commission costs are, are spent and you didn't take anything out of it. So what? That doesn't feel bad when you do that. Because if it doesn't run, which that's going to be the majority of the time, but your brain is telling you it's going to run and it's going to do 500 handles. No, it's not. <laughs> Stop thinking like that. You, you have no idea how every trader that's unprofitable thinks the same way. It's almost like they read from the same books. I'm saying that with my tongue in cheek. <laughs> that's what you've been conditioned to believe, to accept, and want in trading. You want to hold on to a trade you got to trade your plan and plan your trade, right? So what does that mean? Well, you got to get into the trade and come hell or high water, your stop loss gets hit or it moves in your favor. That's bullshit. That's why people lose money. That's, that's, that's the reason why people lose money. You have to kill it. If it's not working for you, fire that position, get rid of it. Hire another one. And when you get the right candidate, it will work for you. But you cannot be fucking around with these lackluster moves that aren't delivering for you. If they're not running for you, as soon as you start feeling that, that unction, you know what, Just I wish this thing would move. As soon as you just thought that or said it out loud, that's the time to start the timer. Okay, you got 30 seconds to 60 seconds. If, it's, if it doesn't start moving in my favor, this is a dog and I'm killing it. And I don't give a fuck what it does. I guarantee you, if you do this, 
you will protect yourself more than you'll find these big runoff moves that you think you're going to lose if you get out of the trade. Let me ask you a question. How many times do you see big runoff moves? Now, you see them all the time in hindsight. But how many times in your own personal analysis have you seen big runoff moves? You're not seeing them every five minutes, folks. Come on. Be realistic. And it gets back to why trading is so hard. Your imagination is running wild. You don't have experience. You're just now beginning to, to learn how these markets work. And you think that every setup is going to be these mega trades. <laughs> doesn't work that way. Bread and butter setups happen every single day, which is the reason why I beat that drum all the time. That's not an Olympic feat. Simple little things. The little things repeat every day. And you can make fortunes with little movements that are highly consistent. But you can't over leverage them and hold on to them and demand that they pay out bigger yields than they're really warranted. So you have to be reasonable with yourself first. Because do you have the skill set that you're trying to imagine that you do? Going into the marketplace expecting no drawdown, no losing trades. See, when I share my analysis, when I share my expectation on where I think the market's going to go, you only see what I show you. Now, that comes with people that can't stand me. They'll say, he's cherry picking. I, that's the only thing I said. So those results do what for people that are in support of me? They think I'm infallible. So you're learning from someone that shows high degree of consistency and precision. So therefore, you should expect what? High degree of consistency and precision, right? Over time. See, you have selective hearing. Just like I'm telling you now, you will learn those skill sets and you will achieve that, but you will not achieve that in your first year. It won't happen. It's going to be a lot of discovery, personal discovery, the, the psychological and emotional things that you got to conquer in your first year and a half are so significant and not enough said about it. You know, it's it's one thing for someone to say, hey, look, I said to get to the point, give me something I can work with. OK, I did that. 2022 mentorship. It's, it's as easy as you're going to get it. There is nothing else easier out there, Raja. <laughs> yeah, he went there. The bottom line is this. You can make it complicated. And majority of that's occurring between your ears. What you're thinking, what you're afraid of. All those things, if you stop and you simply journal all those concerns, those euphoric feelings. Oh, it's going to really start moving beyond my target. How many times you got into a trade like that? You get into a trade. It moves for you immediately. So, okay, great. You, you got a runner now. But then it's running quickly to your objective. So now you start thinking to yourself, okay, well, I had 15 handles as an objective on spoos. I'm trading ES. And I wanted 15 handles. It's already cleared 10. And it doesn't show any sign of wanting to slow down. <sighs> this could be one of those 50 handle days. Okay. Well, if you haven't taken off 80% of your trade at your target, you're messing up. You're making a mistake. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with you saying, okay, I'm going to try to hold for 50 because it's showing signatures that it wants to really run. But you got to take 75 to 80% of your trade off where you wanted to get out at. Roll your stop to a point at which where you make 25% of what your total range would have been. And just let it go and see what happens. If it comes back and takes you out at your stop loss, so what? You, you had a chance to see what it was going to do. But you don't say, okay, I'm going to ignore where I thought the market was going to go, take no partials. I'm staying with it 100% because, you know, I put the initial risk on. So I need to hire our multiple return so that way I can go on social media. Again, you're trying to do something that's stupid. That's stupid. You're trying to trade public image of yourself. And then you wonder why you're in drawdown. Everybody on Instagram that's doing that, all these marketers that show themselves living the fast life, supposedly making money all the time, flying on planes and <laughs> going to places that they really can't afford unless they have mentorship people paying them. Okay, I'm telling you, they are trading their public image. That's what they're doing. That equity of their opinion from others. They're, 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 well, the perception of others about them. That's what they, that's what they're trying to have new equity highs in that. And that's the, that's the problem. When you go out and you start challenging people, especially people that have been doing it a long time, and you can't bring those results, that will rattle you, especially if you're a male. A male takes that personal. Again, it's like you're saying that they aren't that large downstairs. That's how they'll take it. That's that's what it feels like for a man in trading. If they are sizing up with someone else or someone else is calling them or tapping them on the shoulder, that feeling of I got to live up to that. Because what if everyone else thinks that I can't do this and can't do that? And then what they do is they start doing things that they can't really do. And they are regretting it. My FX books, announcing they're going to do funded challenges, all that kind of stuff. Don't do those things. If you don't do those things, I guarantee you your results will be phenomenal. Because you're placing no image in the results. You have no expectations held of yourself. You're not saying, I have to hit 20%. I got to do 10% a week. I got to do 100%. In a month and a half or two months. All those types of goals. Are stupid. If you haven't been trading for at least three years. And you're trying to do some stuff like that. You're, you're really making it more difficult than it needs to be. Versus. What happens if you just try to make 2% a week? Would you be happy if you had a funded account. With I don't know $100,000. And you tripled it. Over the course of a year. I mean, how many of you would be like, you know, fuck you, I don't want $200,000. Are you crazy? $200,000? What the hell would I want to have $200,000 for? That's insulting, ICT. Why would you even ask me that? That's what some of you are basically saying without saying those words. Because you want to double your account every month. What would $200,000 a year do for someone like yourself? Would it change your 
comfort? Would it make things a little bit easier? How about get yourself out of debt? Well, you don't have to work very hard to get that kind of result. It's very small little micro moves that you have to do. But when you make them for the week, you have to stop. Don't place any more Olympic feats on top of you. Don't try to live up to everyone's expectations of, hey, you know, you're an ICT student. You should be out there killing it like ICT style. No. No. One good trade a week. Do it and be done. It's about making money. It's about making money, folks, okay? It doesn't matter how many little hearts you get behind your Twitter posts or how many fanfare you get from all these other... I don't even know how Instagram works. <laughs> Whatever that stuff is that would fluff a person up. Those things don't matter. Making fucking money does. Paying your bills does. Being able to eat. Taking care of your family. Paying your mortgage off. How about getting a house without a mortgage? Paying your car note off so that way you don't have to make any payments. New set of duds. Clothes. Doing something for someone that wouldn't expect it. Those types of things. That. That right there. That is a real motivator. But that doesn't make sense to most people. They want to hear... 200 R multiple trades, but you're going to learn from the secret market maker guy that used to work for XYZ bank. And here's the proof. He's trading with nano lots. The fuck? Are you serious? And that's what's going on. That's what, that's the proof they're showing. And they're still in nano lots teaching. So <laughs> I told myself when I was going to do this space. Don't go off the rails. Just be polite and try, you know, be nice. I'm trying to be nice. But when you really look at all this bullshit that's out there, it's like, really, man? Really? Like, all the things that could be done, these are the, shit, these are the shitheads that go out here and do this stuff. And they make it about image, the things that you can't pay your rent with. You can't put groceries in your refrigerator, in your freezer. With worshipping these clowns. That's why I don't want any of you worshipping me. I'm just trying to be a voice of reason. Okay. I don't like team mentality. But if you're here to learn. You know I have no problem. You know, trying to be team captain in that regard. But I'm not trying to. Create codependence. I want people to think. About things soberly. I want them to understand that these are the things that matter most. Don't get caught up in all the other bullshit because that doesn't make you money. And if it ain't putting bread in your pocket, what the fuck difference does it make? Who cares who likes who, what is better, who gives a shit? If you want to go out there and trade Bollinger Bands and it makes you money, man, go for it. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. I want all of you making money. That's, that, that's why I do this. I want you all making money. I get my rocks off when I see other people coming to me, studying, and they're proving they're making money. And you're seeing it all year long. People are coming up here with their receipts saying, here you go. This is what I'm doing. Thank you very much. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. No worship necessary. You know, high five, boom, good. Well done. Next. And then we encourage everyone. That's amazing. There's no sales pitch. There's no, no coupon codes. No 
Black Friday specials. You got to get in and buy my subscription before this cho- you know, the price changes. Fuck all that. Fuck that. But <laughs> that's why it's hard. Because everybody wants to find their place. And see, the problem is, is you're letting everybody else tell you where your fucking place is. Never thought about it like that, did you? Young men, you got to be on the FTMO leaderboard. Young men, you got to win the Robins Cup. And if I'm guilty of that, I apologize. But I do that with people that talk shit. Because if the people can do it, they'll go in there. But they won't. Because it's audited. And their name will be up there. And they can't hide. Only one account will be seen. That's why they don't do it. I would love it. I got several students. I have several students saying that they're going to join in 2023. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait. I will love to see that. Even if they fail. The fact that they're willing to try to do it. That to me is awesome. Because they got the moxie to try it. Because it's hard. It's really hard. Because everything I've described and talked about in this Twitter space tonight. It's like on steroids. You're going to second guess every fucking thing you're doing. You're going to be looking at every little thing you're doing. And you're going to second guess every bit of it. Because why? (gasps) This is the Super Bowl. This is it. Everybody's going to see me crash and burn or rise to glory. And what are they going to be thinking? Everything ass backwards. That's why I tell everybody to do it. Because in your little tiny little circle of your rented MT4 servers or your (laughs) uh, market replay reports, that shit is nothing. When you're going to go into a competition and you're placing yourself in front of everybody and real traders. And some of these people look up there. Some of these guys' names repeat and they show in the last few years. They keep climbing up in there. It's like the same several people you see when you see the World Series in poker. They make it to these last tables. Not, not all of them make it to the last table, but these same faces keep showing up. I have a lot of respect for those individuals. Even if they blow out and they fall off the leaderboard, they make it there several times a year. That's better than any Twitter bullshitter. Any Instagram horseshit artist. They're out there doing it. And you see these guys say, oh, man, look at these re- re- look at these returns. 200%. Fuck 200%. And these people aren't showing you shit. I have a lot of respect for every person that ever joins that competition because your name's up there. And you're walking it. And I have students saying they're going to go in there and they're trying it. And I am so proud to hear them even think about it. Do I think they're all going to do well? I'm hoping they will. Like I said, if they just show up and make them name appear on the leaderboard, that's to me, that's amazing. It's good. It's not important for them to win. If one of them wins, you know damn well I'm going to peacock like a bitch. Like I'm going to flip out and all over the place because I already got one guy up there. Steve Garner. He won the stock division in 2001. That's Gate Trader. He was one of my original students when I was on America Online. And while that percent might not be so impressive today, 
I think it's 21%. If I'm wrong, I'm, I apologize. I'm, I'll be ashamed of myself. But you know, that type of return in a year back then, that's respectable. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, it gets back to who's setting the table for you. Are you letting all these people, these fucking nobodies, these clowns, these miserable pieces of fucking shit, human excrement, these hateful fucking people on social media, you're letting them tell you how you are to be successful. If you don't live up to their expectations of success, then you failed. These fucking people work menial jobs if they're employed at all. They're not trading profitably. But you're letting them set the table for you. Really? Why? Why does anybody's expectation about you or your trading matter? You ever think about that? Of my students, have you ever seen me question any of my students say, hey, what did you make? What did you do this week? And then critique it. I've never done that. I've never done that. And any mentor that does that is setting them up for failure. Because what you're doing is you're creating this ladder that they're going to feel like they got to climb higher. Next rung's got to be better. And if it doesn't happen, if they don't do well, at least better than the last month and they could still be profitable this month versus last month but if they didn't do better than last month how is that student going to feel about themselves well my teacher's not going to think i did well enough or they're not going to like my post or they're going to think that i'm not doing enough or other people will say oh look you didn't do something right that month but again that's the problem with this industry you're competing against yourself. See, you're allowing all this outside bullshit to influence you. Now, I, I guess in a lot of ways I am an influencer, but I'm trying to influence the best way I can. Calling bullshit when I see it, but majority of the time, I'm telling you how you should be thinking and avoiding all the dumb shit. Focusing on what matters most Avoiding the things that's going to be a pitfall for you. And just sticking true to the reasons why you're here. You're here to make fucking money. You know what? You can come here and have religious views about money and say, well, the root of all evil is money. No, it's not. It's the love of money. The love of money. I don't love money. I don't love money. I love doing what I do. I'm passionate. You all know that. I'm still fucking talking to you. <laughs> the bottom line is this. You are here because you want to make money. You want more money in your bank account than you have right now and when you had last year and any year in your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not greed. That's not greed. That's fruitful. Okay? That's fruitful. When we are created, the first instructions were given, be fruitful and multiply. That wasn't just procreation. That means bring forth fruit. And everything, be fruitful. You judge a tree by what? Its fruits. 
So you're not here to look pretty. You're not here to be adored by other people. I'm not here to have that. I'm here bearing fruit. And for some of you, it's bitter. It's sour. You don't like the way it tastes. Other people will say, it doesn't taste good. Don't, don't eat it. And the people that have worked hard to reach out and grab it and take it, they know it's sweet. They pay their bills with it. They buy cars with it. They're getting homes with it. They quit their jobs with it. They're building wealth with it. Okay, so you're not going to have anybody tell you if you've tasted it now. No one's going to convince you that you've wasted your time. Who's going to tell you that? Nobody. You're not going to give them the time of day. So you have to do everything in this industry with removing and pruning all these bad things that are going to suck your attention and draw your passion away from being just principle-oriented, result-driven, and then consistency will be the derivative of that. That's what's going to come from doing those things. But you can't expect it to happen right away. And that's unfortunate, but that's the truth. And I don't hide from it. I don't sugarcoat it. You have to earn it. And there's no shortcut to it. There's no get to the point ICT. The point has already been made. The process is what you have to get to. Get to the process. I already went to the point. You get to the process and stick to it. Because the results will yield themselves to you. But if you're lazy, if you have Olympic size expectations and you haven't been trading for several years consistently, that's a pipe dream. That is absolute fantasy. And it's guaranteed to be disappointing if you're holding that to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to prove my friends and family wrong. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm going to make... $300,000 my first year trading, and I'm going to do it with a $500 account. No, you're not. I'm telling you as your mentor, you are not doing that. So don't even try to set yourself up for it. What's wrong with, I'm going to try to make 1% to 2% a week. That's my initial goal. I'm going to build up from that. But let's just see if I can hit that. How do I do pushing myself into a disciplinary approach to trading just that and stopping. Can you do it? Because I'm going to tell you something. I put my private mentorship group for, through that several times each year. And it was surprising to see how they couldn't do it. Some of them could, but the majority of them couldn't do it. They wanted to do something else. It wasn't, it wasn't engaging enough. Really? <sighs> What if you have a half a million dollar account and you're doing 2% a week with that? Who's not impressed by that? I mean, I have money. That's still good money to me. But you all want some things to be superhuman. Like out of the stratosphere type results. Like that stuff is attainable easily. It's not. It's not for someone that's new. So why would you believe anybody that says they can do it? I don't tell you you can do it. I, I couldn't do it in my first 
six years, I had to flounder around, blew lots of accounts. And nobody sat down with me and told you what I'm telling you. And I wish they would have. It would have been so much better for me psychologically to just hear someone tell me, you're doing it wrong. Stop doing it that way and do it this way. Even though it doesn't feel like it's productive and it's not sexy, it's not you know, the fast track to riches. I would have I would have welcomed to hear that. Like I, I've been very appreciative to hear that. A message like this, I would have loved to heard it. But you know, times are different now. You know, so social media has changed everybody's perception of reality, truth, what matters most. And if you're not doing this to improve yourself, your family, your well-being. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. Because if you're doing it for any other reasons than those three, you're doing it for reasons that's about image, which means you're going to be emotionally charged about every trade you take, which is rule number one. You can't be emotionally attached to the trades. You, you can't have a feeling of failure if it doesn't work for you. The trade, that transaction wasn't profitable. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just an unprofitable trade. That's not failure. That just means that transaction failed to yield you a profit. That's it. That's not your failure. That's not your inability to be profitable beyond that trade. It doesn't mean that. But that's what most of you are doing to yourself. You're telling yourself that this is what this means. This is the line in the sand. This means I can't be profitable. I have to have consistently winning trades. I'm not giving myself permission to have a losing trade or a losing week or a losing month. So I'm going to ask the question again. If you lost 10%, 15% drawdown in one month, do you give yourself permission to have that? Chances are you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't, I don't think that's good. I don't think that's something I should be doing. No profitable uh, trader or, or student of smart money concepts would have something like that. When I have students that have gone through my mentorship and some of them have had months like that and they still close the year out up 300, 400% for the year. To me, that's healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not a bad thing. But some of you would look at that and say, look at this. This this person's failing. I, I, I couldn't do that. I, I wouldn't I couldn't stomach that. Well, if you can't lose money, then you won't be a profitable trader because profitable traders are professional losers. We manage risk, we manage losing, and we turn every trade that starts as a losing trade into winning trades over time. That's a consistently profitable trader. And Think about it because it's the truth. You got to get past the spread and the commission costs before you do anything. Before that market moves in your favor, you got to come over those costs first. So everybody opens a trade up in a losing position immediately. How you close that trade defines your ability to be profitable or not for that one transaction. But that one transaction profitable or not profitable does not make or break your career. But your perception as a new student or someone that's becoming, you know, 
I guess, in, interest in the market. You, you're just now dabbling in it. You think that that is the the beginning of the end. Well, that's true if you lose your mind and you go bonkers and you start over trading, feeling like you got to get it back right away. Oh, I'm going to lose my funded account. I got to get this back right away. Why? Who said you have to get it back right now? Who said that? You did. Why? Because social media's influence over you. Some joker on the internet who probably has never proven themselves profitable, being able to call a market before it happens, trade it, execute it, manage it, none of it. They sit around, they talk crap all the time and bring nothing to the table of usefulness. You've allowed them to set the mindset for you. Why are you so easily influenced by these people? Why are you letting other people give you these problematic viewpoints? Stop that. Remove all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with having a mind that's hive-like, okay, a hive-like mindset. When you're around successful people that are doing successful things and are trying to do things with a process that's similar, that's not a cult. That's a hive mentality. And hive mentality is what you see ultra-successful people join. Think about it. Back in the 80s, you know, there was these clubs, these social clubs, you know, Club Med, okay? Um, I'm, I'm joining this club, and you had to be accepted into it. That was a social status, okay? Well, successful people only want successful people around them. They don't tolerate poorly lived lives around them because they're going to be a drain. Now, that's not something that sounds like arrogance. It's not arrogance, okay? Success breeds success. And I've said this before in some of my other lectures. The best thing in my life was when I cut dead weight out of my friendships and got rid of toxic relationships. But you want to hold on to these abusive relationships because you feel like, I'll be a terrible person. If I cut this relationship off, if I stop hanging with these people, if I stop going out on the weekends and wasting my fucking money that I worked my ass off for to buy drinks that are overpriced, to be around people I can't fucking stand, dress up, spend money on clothes to impress people you don't even fucking like. These these mentalities that people will subscribe to, that's the wrong way of doing it. You got to cut that dead shit out of your life. And that same approach, you need to do that with your trades. If you have dead wood in your trade, you cut it out, get rid of it. You want something that's going to float. You want something that's going to sail on its own, take off and have no problem. But if you got to tow the weight of a market that's not trying to move and you want to see your will come to fruition, you want to see your pride and ego get stoked because you held on to something that you knew in your heart of hearts that that thing was wrong. It wasn't moving anywhere, but just because you held on to it, it just happened to have a static little move in your favor and it ran up and hit your little short-term five-handle, six-handle move. And you're going to champion that like it's something great. It's not. You broke every rule. You put yourself through an abusive relationship. That trade was abusive. You coddled that. 
you held on to it. You enabled it to do those things to you. You allowed it to abuse you mentally and psychologically, and you risked monetary loss because you didn't want to cut it out of your career as a trader. It's a failed relationship. There's nothing wrong with it. When you identify it early, it's nothing wrong with cutting that out. You want to be around success. Success breeds success. It's not privilege. It's mindset. And if you have a defeated mindset and you have bums, busters, jokers, clowns hanging around you, mooching, hey, man, got any cigarettes? Got a cigarette, man? I don't smoke, but that's one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. You're broke. You can't afford it. And you're asking somebody else for another cigarette. Hey, man, I'm a little short this week. You got me tonight, man? I want to go out and get some drinks. You got me? No, I ain't fucking got you. Stay the fuck home. And I ain't spending my money on you. Okay? If you can't afford it, then don't go out. These people are draining you. They're draining your energy. They're draining your wallets. And what are they bringing to you? You might feel like, oh, yeah, I'm helping them out. Fuck them. They're losers. They're losers. They're, they're, they're creating a stagnant environment for you. Any energy you direct towards them, enabling them to be a drain on everyone, you included, you're stealing that opportunity for you to give yourself an increase that will benefit you, your family, and your circle. That's not greed. That's not selfishness. That's success. Okay. That's how you stay afloat. You don't let dead weight drag you down and drown you. And I did that with my personal relationships with my friends that I went to high school with. I'm telling you, <laughs> I got one out of all of them. And I went to school with them since pre preschool. So long ago, the school doesn't even stand on the ground anymore. They, it burnt down and never rebuilt it. And honestly, he doesn't do well with money. He doesn't listen to me. But I love him like a brother. He's like, he's my oldest friend. And you know, the, bottom, the bottom line is this. You are making decisions in these markets that are going to be manifesting the very way you conduct your personal life. And if your personal life is a fucking mess, why are you surprised that your trades are the same way? That hurts, doesn't it? It's meant to. Because that was the personal realization I had when I was going through the development stage. And I'm looking around and I'm like, you know, why the hell is this happening to me? Like, I can make money and all of a sudden, you know, I feel like I got a case of the ass. I got to prove something to somebody who's looking at me. I'm not sharing my statements to anyone. Nobody was aware of what I was doing initially. I didn't want to show anybody because I was afraid I would jinx it. You, people don't probably know that today, these young guys. <laughs> jinx. I don't know. I'm an old person. I guess it's something we used to say. But the point is, I would manifest these things that I would do in my relationships, my friendships. I would enable toxic behavior in my friends and relationships with women. I had the warning sign, sign you know, that's shining me right in the face, like a big red flashing light saying, hey, look, there's a problem with this lady. 
that you're dating. Uh, this guy is a bum. He's not really your friend. He's just wanting to mooch off of you. But I didn't want to be a jerk. I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to seem, well, ignorant. Well, in trading, you got to be rude. You got to be ruthless. You got to be ignorant. With trades that don't fucking work, get rid of them. Who gives a shit? Cl close it. So what? The broker made more money than you did in that transaction. Who gives a shit? You're not letting your stop loss get hit and you're not wasting fucking time worrying about something that's probably not going to pan out. And then when it doesn't pan out, you aren't going to regret doing all that shit to yourself. If you're in a toxic relationship, if you ever had a toxic relationship, and then tweet to me, say, I know exactly what the hell you're talking about, and it makes perfect sense. That's exactly what you're doing to yourself. If you get into a trade and you know in your heart of hearts that this son of a bitch is not going to move, it ain't going to move, but you want to hold on to it anyway because you want to be a nice person. Fuck that. These markets will rip your heart out. It will take everything. It'll take your ego, your pride, your money, and if you let it, your sanity. The money is the least of your concern. I've known people that are not here anymore because they lost money. Some of them lots of money and some of them ended themselves for very insignificant amounts of money. It's just, it's mind boggling that they just couldn't, they couldn't tolerate it and they off themselves. Can you imagine? Can you imagine getting to the point where you lose less than $50,000? Less than 50000 and that's it. You can't hear. You can't handle it. You got to check out. That's horrible. But that's what this will do to people unless you get control. You have to. You have to have control of your decision making processes. You have to have a rule based idea, and you got to cut the bullshit out. Remove it. If it isn't making you money, get it the fuck out of here. If it's not helping you keep your money. Get the fuck out of here. Think about it, ladies. What are you looking for in a man? You want a breadwinner? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But you want stability. There ain't nothing wrong with that either. You want someone that's going to be monogamous. They're going to stay with you. And they appreciate that you do have flaws. But they want to you know, contribute to the relationship. And be thankful for what you bring to it. Guys, the same way. What do you want? You want a woman that's going to want treat you like a king, right? Of course. Ladies, you want to be treated like a queen. It's expected. Men want to be appreciated. They want to be told, you didn't have to do this, but I'm so thankful that you did. Okay. That's a simple recipe for happiness. Both of you monogamous. Both of you giving each other you know, the encouragement to this is what I like in my relationship. This is what I don't like in my relationship and being fair and honest, man, add, add sexual attraction to it. Good grief. That's marriage material there. Well, you have to have that same process in your trades. Is the trade giving you those good vibes? Is it something you want to hold on to or is it giving you warning signs? You got to divorce it quick because you do not want to go to court and divorce with a stop loss over and over and over again with bad trades. Okay. It, it's, it's not good for you. 
It's not good at all. But that same broken perspective on relationships manifests itself in trading. And you're probably saying, how the hell did you get on this topic? And this is a good one. Well, it's because I mentor. And I have people that are going through divorces. I have people that are going through breakups. And I'm having people that can't find themselves in relationships. Despite them being, in my opinion, I can say this on both sides of the, the uh, male and female. I can appreciate a good looking guy. And I can appreciate a good looking woman. And some of these folks that I have as students, they literally have nothing wrong with them physically. They look by all new standards, they are attractive. They're successful people. They're doing well in their careers and they're doing well in trading, but they're being plagued by not being balanced by having a significant other. And then because of that loneliness, they go into the marketplace and they push the button to do what? To feel good. They're allowing their personal life to manifest itself in trading. You cannot look for a feel-good experience in trading. If you treat it like a massage parlor and looking for a happy ending, don't be surprised if you end up with an STD. It's, it's as simple as that. You can't do those types of things. These markets will literally take you out. They'll make you second-guess everything, remove all sound logic, and you'll lose control like a drunken, promiscuous affair on the weekend that your spouse doesn't know about. You'll be in there doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. So why invite it? Why live your life like that to allow manifestations of those types of things in your trading? Folks, this is your business. This isn't a game. This isn't a hobby. If it is, you're doing it fucking wrong. You're doing it wrong unless this is your business and you're minding your fucking business. You're going to fail. Because you are competing against yourself. And if you haven't removed all the toxic things in your life and found coping skills to allow yourself to be fruitful, balanced, productive, disciplined do this don't do that if you can't do those things in your personal life you sure as hell ain't going to do it in trading who's managing you who's your boss who's going to reprimand you for losing money guys you know you hide that money from your wife she doesn't know you're losing that much and ladies you're smart enough to know not to even bring it up Yes, I know all that stuff. <laughs> so you have to, it takes a lot to do this business. And unfortunately, there isn't a lot said about this. And I wish that there were books written about it because those are the books I would promote. Not technical buy and sell here, you know, risk management books. Fuck all that. Okay. The things I talked about tonight, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's the that's the brass tacks of it all. Because 90% of this game is psychological war with yourself. But we lie to ourselves and say, oh, I'm competing against the, the smartest people in the world. No, you're not. None of those motherfuckers told you to press that button. 
None of them told you to do the leverage that you used. And nobody told you not to use a fucking stop loss. You did it all on your own. Congratulations. Well done. But you have to live with yourself. You have to wake up in your own skin tomorrow and the next day and live with yourself. Now, the question is, in closing, is are you doing things that we talked about tonight? Are you allowing your personal life to be loose like that? You're allowing other people to just weigh you down. And they set the tone for your success or lack thereof. Is their opinion of your decisions making your future decisions for you? This is not a team sport. It does not matter who likes what you've done, who thinks that you didn't do enough of it. Everybody, if you give them a chance, everybody will have an opinion about your results. Why does it fucking matter? You're never, I'm telling you right now, even my biggest trades, if I sat down with myself, I can beat them up. So why would I invite it to anybody else? None of your opinions about my results matter to me. And that's the mindset you should have. Hey, um, what is your average? Fuck, you don't ask me. It's on your book. It's on your fucking business. How's that work for you? Mind your fucking business. How about you talk about what you've done? Well, you know, I was just curious. Fuck you. Don't ask me. You want to talk shit about somebody. That's why you're asking. Don't even invite that stuff. Don't invite it in your personal life and don't invite it in your trading. And you won't have that problem. That social media equity curve that you're trying to maintain. I'm telling you, if you just simply look around and look at all these guys out here trying to prove themselves. They put so much pressure on themselves. And they would probably be doing 10 times better if they weren't doing it. I'll give you an example. And I promise I'll close. Maybe. <laughs> that guy Corbs. I say I love he's so charming. I, I really hope he finds the success he's aiming for. If you look at what he's been showing, obviously, you know, his results are improved with him not doing the live streaming. He's promising he's going to come back to live streaming. And I'm only curious and I'm not wishing anything bad on him. So, Aaron, if you're listening, just know what I'm saying. I'm saying this with love and respect, but I'm curious to see. If his good results go back to the lackluster ones when he's in front of everybody again. Because that's what I've been talking about tonight. That is my audience. I'm talking to Corbs tonight. That's who I'm talking to. You think I'm talking to you. <laughs> Maybe I am. But that type of social media equity curve. You know, that the outward opinions of others. And what would they think of me if I do this wrong? And what would they think of me if I don't trade it this way? And what if I do this? And if I use this entry strategy and they're going to question why I did that. If you're doing all that, are you really focusing on your trade? Think about that for a second. No. 
you have now increased the difficulty level to next to impossible. That's very, very hard to do. And I'm not ashamed to tell you, I'm not that good to be able to sit out there in front of their world and let people question and ask and suggest and do other things, okay, while I'm making decisions. That's already hard for me to focus. It's hard for me to focus. And there's no shame in that. But if I'm able to sit down and shut the world off and put myself in front of a, an account, no one's coming close to mine. But I do have kryptonite. Kryptonite is my attention span. I'm easily, I, 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 I'm a dog that chases cars, folks. And just look at how I operate on Twitter. Act like a nail, I'm going to fucking hammer you. <laughs> okay. But I do have a weakness. And I've already shown that. I've said it. I, I, I can't. I physically cannot do in my first mentorship seen that. I tried. I went in with a good intention. But I, I can't stay focused and I want everyone to feel like they got the best engagement with me. And it's impossible. You know, thousands of people, you know, everybody wants an email response from me. Everybody wants, you know, to get a you know response on Twitter. <laughs> I can't be everywhere at one time. So I'm practical with myself. As much as I don't like that, I would love to be able to do all those things for everyone, but I can't. So I try to be as upfront and practical as I possibly can in my delivery and the way I, I deal with all of you. I am honest about where my limitations are and I have no bones about saying this is where my weakness is. My weakness in my trading is always my exits. I'm never satisfied with them. Does that make me poor of a trader? No. It means I'm honest. It means that I do have weaknesses. I just don't know how to make them better than they are. And when you have frailties, you have to embrace them. Don't try to hide from them. Because the fact that you're trying to hide from them is the same thing that causes everyone to have drawdown, blown accounts, because you're trying to do what? You're trying to avoid that losing trade. That one singular event where it's now taking something from you. You're trying to avoid that. And the fact that you're trying to avoid that singular transaction turns into a series and chain of them, then your account's blown. Because you've ramped up your emotional and psychological impact. You've done that to yourself. That singular trade that was a losing trade, you made it now more significant. That trade cheated on you. That trade went outside of the relationships and the boundaries you set for it. And now you feel betrayed. So what do you want to do? You want revenge. You want to go find that motherfucker that cheated on you and you go out there and you go into the marketplace looking for them and you don't find them. You find somebody else and they take again from you and they take again and again and again and you're hurt more each time and it revs up that emotional and psychological impact and you want it to go away. You want to feel victory. You want to feel like you've done the right thing. Because if you win, you've done the right thing. In your mind, that's what you're going to tell yourself. If you get the money back, you've done the right thing. And you didn't learn anything from that. When you should have said, I'm stopping. This hurt me. I'm going to take a you know, step back and heal. I'm not going to be in a rush to get into a new relationship, a new trade. 
but it's not comfortable waiting around for Mr. Right or Miss Right. My sister, she just uh, she got married a couple years ago. I love her to death. <laughs> Different fathers, same mom. She, before she met the guy she's with now, she would be such a drain. Like, oh man, I, I can't even put it in words where it sounds reasonable. Because <laughs> I don't want to sound rude. Because I, I, she's my sister. I love her. But she would say, oh, God hates me. God doesn't want me to be with anybody. And I'm like, listen, girl. You're not even looking for people. You're always working. And you, then you stay in the house. You don't even make yourself friendly or available to anybody. Like you don't go out. You don't meet anyone. So how could you possibly meet anyone? You work around the same five people and they're all women. So why are you complaining? Like you got to make yourself friendly and then you can find friends. Well, she said, pray for me. So I, I said, yeah, I'll pray for you. But you, you got to do something. You know, you have to make an effort. You got to do these types of things. But she lived for years in this self-defeated mindset. Like, I don't deserve to be happy. I'm being punished. You know, I'm always going to be lonely. I said, you're saying the very thing that's creating that you're, you're creating that environment, that toxic view of everything. And that's why journaling is important. When you're trading, you want to take that feeling of that fear in the early stages, you want to write those fears out in, in plain terms, what you're fearful of. Nobody else is going to read the journal. You shouldn't be letting anybody else read it. So that way you can be honest with yourself. You're talking to yourself. You're being honest with yourself. You're saying, this is what I'm afraid of. Tomorrow when I trade, I'm afraid I'm going to do this. When you're in the trade, what did you find fearful? Were you vocalizing your aggression or Fear, anxiety. Oh, it's going to stop me out. I mean, if I get stopped out, I'm going to be a mess. Oh, if this goes happen, I'm not going to be able to have enough money. I can't. I can't afford to do another funded account challenge or whatever it would be. Whoever you're fearful of, and then over time, you replace that with positive self-talk, and you remove all negative. In the beginning, it's important for you to tackle where your root problems are, the way you think about things toxically, and you don't realize you're doing it until you see it in your own handwriting. And you go back months and years later and say, wow, what a fucking train wreck. Because that's what it feels like when I read my early journals. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I know some of you, because you, it's hard to track somebody with bipolar, and I'm all over the place. But I promise you, every one of these conversations that I'm starting, I'm coming back to. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going off down these little rabbit trails, but I'm coming back to them. I see that in my early journals and I'm like, what the hell? Like, no wonder I wasn't doing well. Like I, I wasn't even staying focused on one principle or idea. Like I was trying too many different things and not giving it a chance. Well, back to my sister, I told her, I said, you, you got to make yourself available. And all of a sudden, one of the guys that grew up in our neighborhood, young, a decent young man. He started working with her. That was an answer to prayer. Nice guy. Nicest guy in the world. He knows I'd break his fucking head if he ever tries to do anything to hurt my sister. He's the nicest person you'd ever meet. But 
she and him started dating. And they hit it off. Swimmingly. Like, it's amazing how they just clicked. And now she doesn't talk like, oh, woe is me. She's so thankful that she has him as her husband. And he loves her. Like, he adores her. Because he knows fucking better. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to be funny in that regard. He loves her. He really, really loves her. And that, to me, is a match made in heaven. So she doesn't have that self-defeated mindset. She doesn't charge herself emotionally, psychologically about relationships because she's thankful for what she has. Apply that to your trades. When you do the right thing, follow your plan, follow your process. What are you trying to do? Did you move your stop loss correctly? Did you use a stop loss? Did you take partials at logical levels? And did you stay with the trade even though you were probably a little nervous, as long as it was moving in your favor, did you stay with it and let it deliver to your target? If you've done all those correct things, then you should feel good. You should feel good, not not arrogant, not walking around like Mick Jagger like I do all the time. <laughs> but it's the positive things that you want to constantly give yourself up at a, at a boy, at a girl type thing in your journal and say, I feel good that I was able to do this. And that way you're replacing which you have to go through the, the early stages of ugliness. Journaling in the beginning, you want to get that out. Find out where your toxic roots and original thought processes that start all these problems. And unless you're honest in the beginning, you're not going to find them. You're going to pretend they don't exist and you're only going to talk like you oh, got everything figured out. You don't want to fake it in the beginning. Okay, Be brutally honest in the journal. That way you can grow from it. And find out where these things are, are stemming from. It may be insecurities that are happening in your personal life that even there you're trying to avoid. That are making problems for your personal life. That are going to do what? Manifest themselves in your trades. You're going to be trying to do something to feel good. My sister would call me up before she got married to her husband. Before she even met him. She would call me up for me to tell her encouragements. You're going to do fine. You're going to meet someone. I promise. We're, let's pray together. She needed that, but she was doing nothing on her part to improve her situation. So outwardly, objectively, here I am. I can see what she's doing wrong and, and telling her what she needs to do. She won't listen, much like some of my students. They don't want to listen. Like the things I'm telling you now, some of you are listening to this saying, what the hell is going on? This guy's all over the place. And you, it, you completely missed the, the point, the plot. You've missed it. I'm telling you how to manage your personal life and how to keep that from screwing up your trading because your personal life will fuck up the best signal service, the best fucking guy hand-holding and telling you to trade. I could sit down and tell you when I'm buying, do it right there in live stream. Do it still right in front of you. Some of you that have these problems will still fuck it up. Why? You'll say, okay, I got a funded account for $10,000. I'm going full max on this. Boom. I'm in there. I'm in there. I don't give a shit. I'm going all in because I need this to grow quick. If ICT is taking that trade, then it's good enough for me. Full leverage, no stop. Let's go. And some of you are laughing, nodding. Yeah, that, that'll be me right now. Why? Because you need something fixed in your personal life. And you're going to take that problem, bring it to the market, so that way the market can solve it for you. And it doesn't work like that. 
All it does is takes your problem, magnifies it, and then presents you with more. You got more problems now. Never thought about trading like this, have you? But that's exactly the reality of it all. And teaching people is what gave me this perspective on it. I only had this limited perspective from me, you know, over the last 30 years and thought, you know, in some instances, I thought it was just unique to me. But then when I started training other people and listening to them and having some of their repeating problems materialize, you know, those things are not unique to me. And the things that you're experiencing are not unique to you. You're a human being just like I am. We have emotions. Our feelings can get hurt. We can be angry. We can feel insecure. We can feel like our shit doesn't stink and walk around like we own the world. We're all prone to have those experiences and those emotions. But unfortunately, nobody's really mastered the whole psychological approach enough to write a useful book. And that's the book that needs to be written. That's the one. And I basically just gave you a chapter out of the book that I'm writing just with these topics in mind, because I think that these, these are the real nuts and bolts to figuring out why people can't become profitable. It's not that you can't find a profitable entry strategy because there's millions of them out there. It's not that you can't find a strategy that doesn't find setups because there's millions of those out there too. The problem is, is you, just like it was me in the beginning of my own career. And nobody likes to hear that, and no one certainly wants to admit it. And some of my students that have failed, they hate, that's what I say. Oh, it's, it's wrong. You're just a terrible teacher. Well, I'm not a perfect teacher, and I don't think I'm the best teacher. But I don't lie to you. I tell you the truth. I tell you how to fix it in my best opinion. The most heartfelt, well-intended instructions, that's what I try to give. Because it would be horrible for me to pretend that everybody could walk into this and do well and not have any hardships. And I've never painted that picture for anyone. It's hard as shit. It is so hard. Only because you are a formidable adversary. Now, if you take all that toxic shit out of your personal life, the way you think about things and people and relationships and how everybody else is supposed to see you, take all that shit and throw it out. Don't give a shit about none of that stuff. Oh, but I'm not wearing the latest threads. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? But I'm not driving the who gives a shit. I can't afford to go eat who gives a shit. That's all stupid stuff. That ain't putting money in your pocket. That's not putting bread in the bank. That's not helping your family. That's not providing legacy wealth. That's a right now bullshit worry. If you take the energy that you place in worrying about stupid shit and people that don't matter 
and you apply it to yourself and how you can build yourself up so that way you could be useful to yourself and your friends and family that are worth being around. Yes, I said that because there are family members that you shouldn't have in your in your small circle. And when I cut those out of my life too, man, happiness, happiness. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you start making lots of money, your fucking family does not like that. They don't like that. They're going to look at you and say, you know what? This motherfucker here. You know, I never noticed this bitch has an ego problem. Look at him. He's buying these cars. Now, I, I didn't drive my car over to their house. I didn't say this is how much I pay for my car. They just found out I bought these cars. This motherfucker. Look at him. Now, these are my family. <laughs> I'm a young guy. You know, I'm you know, trying to do what makes me happy as a young man. And I had family members literally get a case of the ass because I was enjoying what I was able to do. Your friends, don't be surprised if they don't like the fact that you're successful. And they're going to be spiteful because they are too fucking lazy to do the same things that you're willing to give yourself a chance to work and grind through. Success is not something that falls in your lap. You got to work for it. And that means that you got to take your attention away from stupid, silly shit and stupid, silly people and apply it to hard work and be diligent about it and show up every day. And when you do that, results will come. And you're going to find out who your real friends and family are because the ones that really love you, they're going to say, you know what? If anybody was going to do it, it was going to be you. And I'm so proud. Look what you've been able to accomplish. That's amazing. Can you show me what you did? Not look at you, motherfucker. You, you think you're better than me? Hey, you know, if, if you got all that money, why don't you give me some? I heard more of the latter than the first. To be honest with you, I'm going to tell you something. Not one person. Not one family member ever, not one family member ever said, congratulations, you deserve it. You worked hard for this. It was not given to you. You, you did all the things to get to this point. Well done. I'm proud of you. Not one of my family members did that. Not one of them. And I handed out and I bought pool liners and put new roofs on their fucking house, paid for their fucking vacations, paid for their fucking kids clothes and fucking shoes, paid their utility bills, put food in their fucking house and never said anything positive. So why would you expect any of your friends and family to do the same for you? If they do, wonderful. They're good humans. But don't go into this expecting everybody else to say, you know what? Look at what you've done. You should be proud of yourself. I'm proud of you. Fuck that. I didn't need that. And people that are successful, they don't fucking need it. They don't need that. Let me tell you something. I wanted and I would give anything to hear my grandparents tell me that. But because I can't do that, to answer your question, the lady that was saying, what's my deep-rooted, driven passion? I've always done things with the expectation that I could one day hear my grandfather and my grandmother tell me, I'm proud of you. 
those two people were my real mother and father. And I miss them dearly. And I wish they could see who I am today. I wish they could see who Well, I try to be. I'm not perfect. I, I make a lot of mistakes, and I'm not eloquent in, in the way I talk. Sometimes I you know, use a little too much blue-collar language, and it's not something I sit down and script. Obviously, this is off the cuff. Every time I'm live like this, I, I, there's no script. There, you, there's no stuttering. There's no pausing. I'm not missing my lines. Okay, I'm talking right from the heart. And sometimes it's going to be bitter. Sometimes it'll be funny and sweet. And sometimes it'll be good medicine. But I wish I could hear them tell me. But I can't. But everything that I do in my life, I do with that generally is the first thing. Now, everything in my life I try to do that would be pleasing to God. And I fail miserably a lot with that. And that's life folks. I mean, we're all, we're all messing up every day. I ask for forgiveness and I try to do the best I can to, you know, keep pressing on. But if you take toxic things in your personal life or hurtful things that other people do, or if they don't give you your accolades and say, Hey, look, you know, look how well you did this. Some of you might take that like I did as a younger man. Because when my uncle sat down with me when I was living with him in the paying room board and I was building up money in my account, I was excited and I said, Look at look look what I've done here, Uncle Stan. He was like, Is this real? I was like, Yeah. And I showed him broker statement after broker statement after broker statement. He was like and I watched him sit back in his sofa. And I'm waiting, like, I'm waiting. My Uncle Stan's going to tell me, good job. No, 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 no. That's not what this motherfucker said. No, that's not what he said at all. This is what he says. When we let you move in, the idea was for you to get on your feet so you can get out and get your own place, not sit around and get fucking rich. What? Like, that's the moment where you hear that record scratch where it's like nice music's playing. Like, what the fuck just happened here? That was that moment. And honestly, like, I wanted to freaking cry. I'm like, what? Like, I'm waiting for the moment. You know, I'm waiting. My, my grandparents are gone. They're, they're, they're passed away. And I'm looking to this man as like a father figure. And he's gracious enough to let me stay in his home. And I'm showing him like, look. You told me about this shit when I was 15, 16 years old. I didn't want to do anything with it. Now here I am. I'm fucking making money. And you tell me that? That's the fucking shit. That's the fucking first thing that you reach for out of your fucking mind. That's the thing that you want to tell me? Oh, man. I had such a range of mixed emotions from rage to like, like I, it was everywhere. And I watched him. And now, older as a man of 50 years old, I can tell you really what he was experiencing was envy. I saw right into his soul that night. This is the same man in 1983, he made money in sugar, bought himself a condominium in Ocean City. Not that that's a big deal, back then it was. 
But then he never was able to make money after that. And he refused to learn from me. If I sat down with him, he would try to do the opposite of whatever the hell I was doing. And one day I said to him, I said, Uncle Stan, if I tell you I'm buying soybeans tomorrow, why the fuck are you trying to short it? But I'm trying to do everything on my own. That's not on your own. You're trying to be contrarian. And I had students in my first year, 2016 group, that literally came in doing that shit. And then complained to me six months, eight months, a year later. I, I saw what the fuck's going on. It doesn't work. What are you doing? Well, I'm doing this and doing this. I said, okay, well, that's everything opposite to what I'm doing. What are you thinking? Like, that's insanity. You're trying to get a different result, doing the same shit over and over again. Well, my uncle that night says to me, yeah, you, you were not supposed to be getting rich here. And I'm just like, Uncle Stan, I, I, I wasn't expecting you to say that to me. He said, well, what the hell do you expect me to say? Like, what did you think I was going to say? And I was like, good job. Like, like, wow. Can you show me how you did it? That, like, that's what I'm here to do. Like, I'm, I'm sitting down showing you like you're you're fucking around trying to be a stockbroker and you're not making any fucking money. J.W. Gant, that's the bullshit he was doing. They were trying to push this fucking stupid ass stock. It was a boiler room bullshit. OK, out in Owens Mills, he's fucking trying to do something. He, he's not a salesman. And I love him, but I'm being honest because, I, like I said, I don't, I don't sugarcoat shit. He literally was the worst fucking salesman in the world because he, he can't sell anything. He doesn't believe in anything. You have to believe in it. Like, you have to believe it. If you can't believe it, if it's not real to you, how the hell are you going to sell it to anybody else? My life, my creations, these concepts, I'm not tired. I got to check my battery and see if I still got some fucking life here because I'm ready to still talk because I'm passionate because this is my whole life. I know this shit works and other people around the world now know it works. They ain't believing on the bullshit. But my uncle, my fucking uncle says to me, you ain't supposed to be doing what you're doing, basically. How the fuck dare you? How dare you do this in my house? Like I was fucking growing fucking weed and, you know, processing cocaine in this fucking house. Like that, that's how I felt. Like I was doing something illegal, you know? <sighs> so I said to him, I said, well, look, you know, this is not what I wanted to talk to you about like this. Like I wanted to show you what I was doing so that way you can do it too. And the only thing he was interested in is when I was moving out. So, okay, no problem. I got myself an apartment Moved out over to uh, Carroll Island, which was a scary feeling for me because I've never lived on my own prior to that. And it's just the isolation initially was too much. And I started losing money because I didn't like the feeling of being by myself. Like I, I felt anxious and anxiety, you know, would kick in. And there was no reason for me to be afraid of anything. It's just I was thrust into living like an adult. When I was basically a student and a hospice nurse for my grandmother, like that, that was my whole life. So it was a weird adjustment. And I took that feeling of fearing being alone and being isolated because I had always been around my family, but I would always isolate myself. Like they would all be in another room and I would be in a different room. 
because I wasn't in sports. I wasn't in all the bullshit. I didn't like them smoking. I would try to hide from the cigarette smoke. I'd be on the floor sitting down with my shirt over my nose, trying to keep myself from breathing the secondhand smoke. That's what it was like growing up childlike ICT. <laughs> but we, I didn't come from money. I didn't come from anything silver spoon, none of that shit. And my uncle, same way. And he basically manifested envy, jealousy, and fucking rage. And it was so overwhelming for him. I don't think he understood the gravity of how he presented it to me. Like in his, in his mind, he probably was just thinking to himself. No, it came out of his mouth. And he sat back and like he was just like, <sighs> like he lost everything he owned at the casino table on one roulette spin. That's that was what it looked like. That's what it sounded like when he sighed and all the oxygen left his body and his chest heaved up and then emptied himself. I remember seeing looking to the right, like this motherfucker's in my house doing this and I can't do it. I wasn't successful. That's how I know what it was now. Cause we talked later on years later. He told me, he goes, when you told me that and showed me those broker statements, I was jealous. Like, why couldn't I do that? You know, I, I, I did that younger. I, I introduced you to it. Why hear that? That's an ambulance. Must be meaning I'm in Dundalk again, right? <laughs> I had to take the knife and twist it once more. Number love, any number love. But here he is. He's he's shitting on my parade here. Okay, and I'm I'm feeling generous. Like I'm going to try to teach him how to do this stuff. No, no, no. He ain't having any parts of that. He wants to tell me that this is absolutely the worst thing I could have ever done. And that weighed on me psychologically when I moved out three weeks later in my apartment by myself. Waiting for the rest of my furniture because I only had one couch. No, it wasn't even a couch. It was a love seat. I'm thinking to myself, man. Like, I felt like I was kicked out of my parents' house because they caught me doing something illegal in their home. And they disowned me. And because I felt that way, I went into the marketplace and started doing what? Everything I've talked about tonight. I wanted that feeling of isolation loneliness, anxiety to go away and be replaced with what? That spirit of invincibility. Like, fuck you, motherfucker. Who the fuck do I need? I don't need you. That's what I wanted. But because I was doing it with the inspiration of trying to escape a bad feeling, not taking a sound logical trade, that's not what I was doing. That wasn't even in the equation. It was, I'm just going to go in here and push this button, do 10 contracts of struggle board trade wheat, and we'll see what happens. Well, we saw what happened. <laughs> we lost fucking money. Okay, that's what we lost. And I felt worse. And it would do more of the same things I talked about and described tonight. I needed that feeling to go away. So I would trade bigger. And this time, no stop loss. Because I need to be right. And I'm not going to have anything tell me I'm not right. Because I'm so confident I'm right. I'm not even going to use a stop loss. Because therefore, if I was even thinking less than 100% that I'm going to be correct, then I would need to stop. But because I know I'm going to beat the shit out of this market, I'm not going to use a stop loss. 
because then I know I'm a barbarian. I went out there and I conquered. And then I can basically dismiss this negative feeling I'm putting myself through. Instead of just saying, you know what? My head's not right. Close the charts. Let me go get out of the house and do something other than this. That's how you fix it. But I didn't do that. I stayed in isolation. I didn't let anybody come over and visit. I didn't want anybody to come over and visit because I was afraid they would read me and see what I've done to my account. Sound familiar? Yeah. These are those things that real mentors, real traders that live this shit, they're never going to talk about it because they're going to be afraid you're going to look down on them. They're going to lose their superhero, superhuman, superhero characteristics that you think that they deserve. They don't. I don't deserve it. I'm a human being. I'm not AI. I have done some stupid shit coming up as a trader. And you're doing the same silly shit. Everybody does it. Unfortunately, most people don't learn to stop it and replace it with the correct things. Sometimes they don't even realize what they're doing is the root cause because they are learning from people that are not genuine. They've never found success. So how can you be successful if you're learning from somebody that's not successful? It's, it, you can't. You cannot be trained how to succeed in something if the person you're learning from doesn't understand or have the ability to be proficient in identifying what success is. How is it obtainable? What do you have to do and what do you have to make sure you don't do? Refrain from this. Do this. You have to have somebody that knows what they're doing. And I would love to sit down and listen to anybody in any field that has put themselves through the level of pain and suffering that I've done myself in trading because that's somebody that knows what's going on. They know all the angles of how you're going to wreck yourself. They know how to deal with it. They know it's normal. And they know there's a way through it. So if you felt any of those things, and maybe you've wrecked yourself in the recent weeks, or maybe even last week, blew your account, lost your funded account, whatever. Last week would have been a good week for it. A lot of volatility, a lot of big news. That's what they're designed to do. Blow your account. They know you're going to get crazy and chase these big price swings. And they hand it to you. Your ass. That's what they're handing it. But you can't do these things and expect to be long-term and successful. You won't be around long enough. And hopefully, you know, when I have these discussions with you and I try to talk about things that I've endured and how I've overcome it, Maybe they're useful to you. Hopefully they're useful to you. Hopefully they've, you know, at the very least been entertaining to you. Because <laughs> I can tell you, looking back now, it's uncomfortable it is to know what it felt like going through it. Sometimes it is a little funny to think about what I put myself through. I made those choices. No one forced them on me. I did it to myself. But I could tell you at the time, if you would have had me explain, like held me by my lapels and say, hey, Who's doing this to you? I could have gave you a laundry list of things and outward stimuli that would have been blamed for it. But it was me. I did it 
every single time to myself. It was a matter of me trying to feel better about something that I was feeling, you know, whether it be, you know, a failed relationship, um, loneliness, insignificance was a big one. It's always that insignificance has been a real big one in my life because of family members I've lost before I could become an adult. Like I, I was, they knew I was going to school. They knew I was going to be a computer science major. They knew I had aspirations to be a computer science major, specializing in information systems. And I wanted to be a systems analyst. That was my intended goal. That was what I was wanting to do. From sixth grade, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And neither of them lived long enough to watch me you know, achieve it. And I never got the job. You know, despite having a you know good grade point average and the ability to do it, I guess you know, Lord said no. This is what I was supposed to be doing, and I'm thankful. And I thought about this today. You know, what the hell would I be doing? Like, what would I be doing? I'm 50 years old. Like, I know I wouldn't be going to work. Like, getting in a car, driving, and sitting through rush hour. Traffic. Fuck that. Ain't no way I'd be doing that. No way. No way. I'd have a business of my own. I'd like to believe, like I tweeted earlier, it would be a martial arts school. And I probably wouldn't be making much money. But you know what? Man, I'd be happy to end up picking shit. Because it's something I'm passionate about. I love it. And that's what you want to do. You want to turn this into passion. You want to love what you're doing. Not, I hate this shit. It makes me feel insignificant and I can't be successful in it and I keep putting myself through the ringer and I'm doing all these terrible things to myself and I feel like a miserable failure. Welcome to the club. That's how everybody starts. That's how everybody comes into this industry. Nobody comes in, hits the ground running and they're perfect. But social media people and influencers give you the impression that that's likely to happen to you. Like you're going to be the exception to the rule. I'm telling you, you're not. Even with my best shit, you're not. So just relax. It's a process. It's a journey. Just enjoy it and learn from all these learning experiences. I mean, because it's going to build character in you. You're going to be appreciative once you obtain consistently profitable and then you're wealthy. You're going to look back at all these things that you're making a big deal over right now. And they're going to seem so insignificant, minuscule and laughable. That you made such a big deal of something, something so insignificant, so meaningless that you're putting such a huge emphasis on right now. That this is the thing that's holding you back right now. These little things, these little foxes that are spoiling the vine, this little problem that you magnified into a mountain. It's insignificant, but you just don't have the perspective of it right now because you're in it. You're in the trenches, knee deep in shit. You're in debt. You hate your job. You hate your life where you're at right now because you need a change right now. But that can't be changed overnight. You can start the process overnight. You can start it right now. But the changes will not be dramatic overnight. It's small little incremental moves forward. And you cannot let you can't let or allow anyone outside what this industry has as, as far as participants like as a trader i know you i know what you're feeling because everybody's going through it. i've gone through it but anybody outside of this industry 
you try to explain to them how you feel, what you're doing this for, why you're putting up with all the pain and suffering. You're not profitable yet, but you're not putting it down. It doesn't make sense to them. So why the fuck are you even inviting them in the conversation? Keep that shit out of them. They're not important to this topic. Leave them out. What kind of advice are they going to give you? The wrong one. They're going to tell you, stop doing that. It's a pipe dream. That's what every single one of my family members told me. Every single one of them. And they all worked until retirement or they're working right now. As a matter of fact, there's only one of them still working. All of them are all at retirement and they're all fucking broke. One of them owes more money on their home than it cost when it was first built in the late 80s. $80,000 house. And they owe over $200,000 in refinancings over and over and over again. Every time there was equity in the marketplace, let's pull it out. Do a home equity line of credit and let's spend money. Does that make any fucking sense? No. And they have nothing but debt. They don't even own the home. I have had multiple homes. And my homes are paid for. Cash. I don't have mortgages. I'm not bragging. But why the fuck are you going to let people that are not successful tell you how to live your life and give you advice? Or if they tell you something, why are you allowing that to drain you or make you doubt what you're doing this for? If they're not better than you are in success, have more than you, earn more than you, and able to do what you're doing right now better than you, their fucking opinion doesn't matter. Love them from a distance. That's what I did. I didn't disown them. I just simply did not invite them into the conversation of my personal life, how I should live it, and what I should do with my personal wealth, period. You didn't help me. You didn't encourage me to make this fucking money. You sure as fuck are not entitled to tell me how to spend it. Now, out of context, that would sound like, damn, this guy's arrogant. No. I'm being real. If you were in my situation, that's how you would think about it too. Whose business is being ran here? Mine. Nobody runs my business. You didn't build it. You didn't take the risks to, to grow it. You weren't there to console me when I was low on my accounts. You weren't there to encourage me to say, hey, keep going. None of that was seen by my family members. None of my friends did that either. And you're going to experience the same fucking thing. And guess what? Relish in it. Because when you get it and you arrive here, you got there on your own. None of your fucking friends and your fucking family members can say, we did this for you. We helped you. No, you didn't. You did not do any of that shit. I had to persevere just like you are. And let me tell you something. You can call this arrogance, you can call this ego, you can call it pride, whatever the fuck you want to call it, okay? I call it conquering demons because I had every night whispers and doubts coming in my head all the time. What if I really can't do this? What if I can't? What if I fail? What if I have to work the rest of my fucking life? I had to go to bed thinking about that shit. You know what I go to bed thinking about now? Man, I didn't have to do this today. Man, I didn't have to do that today. 
I look around, I see everybody else flipping out, driving around, losing their fucking mind. Traffic. I don't have to go through that. I don't have to go through that. I'm 50 years old. I don't have those cares in the world. And I want all of you to have that. I want you to have that. That's not privilege. Let me tell you something. I had to work my fucking ass off for this. I had to work. I had to work to make this work for me. It's normal. That part is normal. But I'm so thankful that the Lord was gracious enough to give me the strength to go through it and to open my understanding to see it. To take the information I saw that was beyond what everybody else is aware of and then make a language with it. And now you're privy to it. And it took a lot of effort. And none of it was easy. None of it. When I felt like I was on the right track, I would still second it, guess it and doubt it. Man, this, it, let, me, let me check something else out. And I would prolong it. Being too analytical, which was the reason why my uncle was a failure. Too analytical. So, you, you, you can be binary, yes. Or no, on or off. But at some point, you got to accept the fact that you're going to be trading in the gray sometimes. And that means, you know, it doesn't look exactly like that last trade I had to fair value gap in. It looks real close to one I did one time, but it doesn't look like the, all the other ones I've taken in the last 60 days. You got to be comfortable in that gray area where it's just, it's familiar. Otherwise, if you demand, it always looks like this. How do you know when it's the time to buy a fair value gap? And how do you know it's going to stay open? These are all questions that my private group were asking about. And they were asking questions like that in a month. <laughs> so I know you guys are listening too. Uh, you're asking questions in month one content. That has nothing to do with month one content. So that's why I'm deleting your questions. You have to wait until we get to those other months where we talk about those types of things. Because I want the, the topic to be on the very topic I'm I'm trying to answer questions about. Not, well, let's let me jump to the front of the line and ask my questions. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I know you're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? But my private group knows exactly what I'm talking about. But I know what it's like for some of you. You want that perfect all the time silver bullet it always looks exactly the same way and you're not going to have that here not in trading those charts are going to look very similar in a lot of ways but they're never going to be identical that's a fractal it looks very very similar to something else in a higher time frame and a lower time frame but they're never going to be perfectly identical but you'll recognize it it'll be like a doppelganger Go ahead and look that up. <laughs> the point is this. You are going to make a lot of mistakes. And you're going to want to quit. You're going to want to fail. And I quit. If I'm going to use the terms I was using at the time when I was younger, man. I quit dozens of times. But in reality, what that was, was a break. 
I needed to stop, go back to the real world of, okay, I'm working. I'm getting paychecks. I can't stand. I'm doing too much work, too little time to myself. I'm not satisfied with this. Fuck this. I'm going to go back in and re-up my account and I'm going to go back in again. So I didn't quit, even though I told myself I was quitting dozens of times as a young man. I took breaks. So when I see your frustrations, I saw two of them today and one of them yesterday. Oh, I blew my account. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to quit. No, you're not. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not. You might stop for a little while, but you're not quitting. You're going to find your way into some other account later on, and you're probably not going to be prepared because you're going to go in with a lottery mentality. Gambling. Trying to do something that is probably never going to happen for you. Instead of just simply sitting down with yourself saying, okay, you know what? This is confirmed what I should have already realized and should have embraced that this is going to be hard, but it's worth it. And then do everything that I've taught you and just stick to it. Show up every day, glean the experiences and build on it. And over time, how much time it's going to be different from all of you. All of you are going to have a different amount of time it takes to you get it. That aha moment, that epiphany, that, oh, there, I see that. Now I know, now I know what I'm looking for. Once you have that, that's your model. That's the thing you try to work with it and you don't ever try to tinker with it. Don't try to build it up. Don't try to add more ICT shit to it. That's the only thing you need. That's it. If you do that and apply sound money management to it, you will be consistent. And then consistency d develops into what? Profitability. And profitability turns into what? Long-term consistency. Well, if you can be long-term consistent and profitable, what does that generate? Wealth. You replace your job. You replace all the cares of this world and fear about oh, inflation. Uh, listen, I went out and bought, let me see, let me count these cars here. Truck, Jeep, I own two Corvettes. Okay, out of the five vehicles I have at, at this home here, they're all eight cylinders, four of them. Does that sound like somebody that's worried about the fucking price of gas? No. I don't give a fuck if it's $20 a gallon. As long as there's gas in them fucking pumps, I'm pumping my cars up. I'm going to fucking drive around and I don't give a shit. It'll probably be a better drive because nobody will be riding on the fucking road with me. Okay. I don't care about that stuff. I don't give a fuck about how high turkeys are going to cross at, at Thanksgiving because I got three of them already. I got one for Christmas. I got one for Thanksgiving. And I got one for um, New Year's. So I plan ahead. I'm a prepper. Okay. I do those things because I, I will not worry about the cost of things. Inflation is not, I've never worried about inflation. I don't give a fuck about inflation. Okay. Because I know I have a skill set that I will outpace any fucking inflation. It can be hyperinflation. I don't give a fuck. As long as it's in the store, I'll have enough money to buy it. I'm not worried about it. As long as there's gas in these fucking pumps at these gas stations, I'm pumping my fucking eight-cylinder trucks, these big-ass gas guzzlers that some of my guys complained about. Oh, that's all we need is another gas guzzler on the road. And listen, you drive your fucking Ford Pinto if you want to fucking drive around or these electric cars that cost more money to replace the entire battery than the car costs once it goes up and you can't fucking bury it anywhere and fucks up everything. It's not this Green Deal bullshit. That's the biggest illusion horse shit that's ever been created. See, I've got five different topics I can go down and, and just ramble on for four more hours and bore the shit out of you.
But just know this, you're learning a skill set that will allow you to either be, well, like I am right now, which I'm not proud of, but I don't give a fuck about inflation. I don't give a fuck about none of it. Don't care. I can fish. If they run out of food in the grocery stores, I can eat. I can still find my fucking food. I ain't worried about it. Most people can't do that. They're all eating fast food shit, you know, McDonald's and toxic bullshit, poison and stuff. There's going to be a day where you can't do that. What if it doesn't? What if, what if you don't have access to that stuff? Are you going to worry about it? Right now, you probably are. But if you work towards developing this skill set, this is answering the questions I saw before I did this stream. Do we have time to learn this before the whole world goes upside down and collapses? Okay, I'll kill two birds with one stone here. Number one, to answer your question, do I think that the algorithm is ever going to stop working? I've said this many, many times, but here's how you know it's going to stop working. When the entire global economies collapse, when they're all officially collapsed, the algorithm will stop working until they reopen the markets. Then it'll be back in business again. There you go. There's your answer. Do I have a plan should the dollar collapse? No, that's why I prepped. I have food. I have things. I, I own physical assets. And whatever currency they go into, if I need money, I'll sell it using the currencies they create. So there you go. That's why I've done it. A lot of people are saying, oh, I'm going to sell my properties right now because the prices are high. Fuck that. I'm buying properties because I'm going to have something. I don't give a fuck if the housing market collapses. If you have money in the bank, that's not protected. That can be devalued. I'd rather have a house lose 50% of its value than have a currency that means nothing. I'm staying in the game. The only way I know how. That's That's the best I can do. I don't have any other silver bullet. I don't have a you know, another way of doing it. There's no other solution that I know of. I'm telling you, that's that's it. And if it all goes to shit, then whatever. I got fishing lines and poles and I know how to cook it. <laughs> I ain't worried about it. I don't, I'm not living my life in total fear. I'm concerned for people that aren't prepared. And I have family members and friends that are like that. But I know my limitations. If if all of our money is made useless and worthless, you know. Why worry about it? We're all in the same fucking boat then. There's no uh, status. I'm not richer than you. You're not poorer than me. Everybody's the same. <laughs> there you go. There's equality. We're all on the same financial plane. Okay. Start another system and I'll fucking get rich again. I I'm not worried. I know how these systems will run. Because it's going to be done on fear and greed. And fear and greed are the pillars of every financial market, period. End of story, that's the way it works. And they want to sugarcoat it in books and write fucking textbooks for college courses talking about economics and supply and demand. In fact, fuck all that. It's all bullshit. That's all bullshit misinformation. They make you spend these high-dollar tuitions, so therefore you have to believe it was... You know, It's got to be the truth. Look at all that money you paid for that piece of shit degree. You paid all that money, like I did. Who's going to sit around and say, you know, I wasted my money? Most people aren't going to want to do that. I ain't got no problem telling you I wasted my motherfucking money. 
None of that shit. None of that shit put any bread in my pocket. It took it out of my pocket. But they're going to tell you, this is what the reality is. Harvard, Yale, Ivy League fucking administrations and, and education. It's all bullshit. It's all lies. It's told to you so that way you swallow it. Hook, line, and sinker. And that's why a majority of the billionaires around the world, majority of them are college dropouts because they were not indoctrinated in ass-backwards the theology. The way this world works is diametrically opposed to what the textbooks say. That's why I tell you, if you're going to buy a book and you want to know what retail's thinking, you have to you have to know what retail's thinking. And one of the best ways to do that is to buy that John Murphy book, Technical Analysis of the Financial Markets. It may have changed its title, but that was the title I had when I bought it. That's the Bible for retail logic and thinking. And if you do everything I teach you, and it's diametrically opposed to the shit that's in that book, 90% accuracy. That's a challenge. <laughs> so as much as I would love to sit here and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, I just realized I made a promise to my son that I would play video games with him. And I am going to be 20 minutes late because if I don't get off here now. I got to drive back and he'll be upset with me. So that's where we're going to close it. So if you found tonight's jawboning session, rant, ramble, if you will, entertaining or helpful or inspiring or therapeutic in any way, I'd appreciate a shout out. Give me a tweet. Let me know what uh, what you got from it. If it was a waste of time, let me know that too. That's okay. Uh, I'll be sure to block you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. As long as, as long as you're being honest, that's what I want. Uh, I'll use it as constructive criticism. So, Hang on, I'm trying to see what that is in front of me. Huh, that's interesting. The uh, the next time I do a, I guess a Twitter space, I don't know, and I don't know how we will talk with one another over the holiday breaks. The the time I give you the week prior to Thanksgiving. And then the first Tuesday of February of 2023, I don't, uh, I don't have a schedule there. I'll just pop in whenever I want to pop in. Don't expect videos or anything like that. But I wanted to leave you with this. This is what I wanted to ask you. And I knew probably some of you were losing your mind right now. And you said you was going to talk about something, blah, blah, blah. And you never went back to it. This is my question to you. And you give me the feedback. In 2023, when I come back, I got to be real careful because I have a lot of people that are learning how to run their own signal service. See, I told you, I knew where I was going. You guys don't trust me. And I don't want to do signals, obviously. And I'm not going to push a button in front of you live because that's the same as doing a signal service. I have people that have trained under me that are running and or about to start running a signal service for people that don't want to do this or can't do it. And I think that's okay. That's good. 
It's a business that's easy. If you're consistent, you can do very well with that very quickly. Make lots and lots of money as long as you're honest with your patrons and you're you know, you're delivering what you're promising them. I think it's a win-win. But I have to be careful with this because I don't want to undermine or undercut them because if I go on YouTube, and this is an idea I'm tossing around, I'm considering Price Action Chronicles of the Inner Circle Trader. That would be a New York session live stream for, I guess, uh, Monday and Tuesday and maybe one other day like Thursday, not Friday and not a Wednesday. Um, but Monday and Tuesday. And I would basically sit down and chit chat with you and point to things on the chart that would, in my opinion, inspire your thought processes about what's going on in the marketplace. And I don't have to say buy or sell. I'm just going to say, you know, what do you think about this right here? I'm not going to do the plan B, plan A, plan B. You're going to know that it's one side, but I'm not telling you where to buy. I'm not telling you where to sell. I don't telling you where a stop loss would be, but I want you to have an experience where watching someone be able to navigate the marketplace and not have to do a whole lot of jumping around. And, and like, I, I want to be able to talk because I can do that and still, you know, point to where the, you know, the market is likely to draw to next. And it allows you to see what's going on. Now, if you are distracted by me talking, then you just turn the sound off and it's okay. He said, watch where it's likely to reach to here. Then turn the sound off and then you study price action and you listen to your own internal dialogue. Or if you're not distracted by that and you just, you know, want to listen to me drone on about this bullshit that I'm going to be probably talking about while price is moving around, then great. You know, then have at it. But the point of it would be this to let you see how price moves from the low and the high and how it reaches for liquidity, the main liquidity for that session. I'm not saying there isn't other setups because obviously I can get in there and do 30 second, 15 second trades, both directions, up, down, up, down, up, down. And that's not the point of this. The point is, is for you to look for one good setup in that morning session without, without me hurting the individuals that are going to market themselves as a signal service. And those of you in my mentorship, be honest, do it publicly. Don't go into the forum and, and bitch me out. Do it here publicly and say, I don't think this is good for us. You say, be honest, because not that I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to do this. I will just do something to make sure that you're comfortable with me doing this and not feel like I'm undercutting you. I know what you're thinking, like, you know, why would they want to? subscribe to me if you're on there calling the market doing this and doing that no, you know, no signal service is going to be profitable if i start doing that and that's just, that's the way it is i'll be i'll be the most watched live session there is because i can have forex in front of me and stock index i can do all of it i can put a quad on my on my chart and i can have gold you want to see somebody trade gold <laughs> i'll shut that fucking show down immediately keep pushing I will make you irrelevant, motherfuckers. Gold, I'll put fucking bonds up there, and I'll do ES, and I'll do a Forex pair. And we'll do that every fucking live session, okay? You want to keep fucking around with me, I will make your asses irrelevant. I'll erase you. Nobody will show up to your live streams. Nobody will do shit with you, okay?
You want to see who's quick on the draw? Motherfucker, bring your shit. I will shut your shit down. So if you want to see that, let me know in the response on the Twitter. I'll be reading. Until next time, be safe.